Hello and welcome to Minimalist Buddha Podcast, where you learn to systematically declutter your mind, your life, and your personal living space. I'm Sensei, your host, and I want to welcome you from wherever you're listening in the world. I also want to say thank you to all of my students, my clients, my followers, and supporters. Without your support, my work would not be possible. I'm excited about today's episode, and with no further ado, let's get right to it. Hello, and today we're talking about our emotions and specifically how to declutter our emotions. When we use this word declutter, it's really important to understand what is at play here. And I think our focus on our emotions today will help us really understand this because really, you must understand your emotions on a level that allows you to operate without feeling that you are slave to them. Now, if I were to ask you the simple question, how well do you know your emotions? You'd probably say, Sensei, I know my emotions quite well. I mean, they are mine. Well, today I'm going to challenge that response because what I've seen in my practice, my spiritual counseling practice is that Oftentimes, people really don't know their emotions. And I've observed this even outside of that context. Just in general with people. They know that they have emotions, but they don't understand the emotions. And so there are at least three reasons why you want to know what your emotions are not simply that you experience them, not the least of which it could help you make better decisions. How many times have you made a poor decision because of your emotional content? Also, understanding our emotions will allow us to not repeat bad habits. How many things have you done or are you doing presently simply because of the emotional content? Think about that. And then also, we can say that to the degree that we don't understand our emotions on a fundamental level, that they often become like baggage. And that can be for emotions that we would designate as good or bad. And we'll find out more why in just a moment. I often like to think of emotions as uh, (laughs) like a roller coaster. When we're in a state that we don't understand our emotions and only that we have emotions it's really like going to a quote-unquote amusement park isn't it think about it if you've ever gone on a roller coaster or you've watched people go on a roller coaster what really happens it's really interesting i mean pretty much you're waiting in line you know the experience 
can include screaming, laughter, loss of breath, lots of ups and downs. Some might even have what are called corkscrews. And it may be quite difficult actually to keep your food down, whatever you've eaten. Tweaking of the neck, other parts of the body, I think you understand the point. It's, it's in a word, volatile. And I think if people are really honest with themselves, their emotional states can often be quite volatile. And so we want to get away from that volatility and try to establish equanimity. And how do we do that? Well, that's what we're going to discuss today. So I want you to prepare yourself to begin to look at your emotions in a completely different way after today. The first thing that I want to address about how to declutter the emotions has to do with looking at the phenomena of emotion itself. Where does it come from? And so as a thought experiment, this is what I'd like you to engage in. And that is, do you have a thought and then an emotion? Or do you have an emotion and then a thought? Now, a knee-jerk reaction might lead you to say one or the other. But just for a moment right now, and then you can continue this later, write this down, jot it down, and ask yourself, do I have a thought and then an emotion, or do I have an emotion and then a thought? This is a great thought experiment and something that I advise you to do regularly, particularly if you're feeling some type of volatility as it relates to your emotions. It's a great pregnant pause to take before actually acting on the emotion of the moment. And it may seem kind of odd at first as you go through this process, but if we were going to make an analogy, I could ask you if in fact you own a cell phone, how well you know that cell phone. Again, your response would be like, Sensei, this is my phone. I know it better than anyone else. I call and text and take a lot of selfies of myself on this phone. And again, I would say you've explained the use of it. But do you know how a cell phone works? Do you, un do you understand on any level the inner workings of that phone? Now some emotional content might rush forth right now. Well, I don't need to know that. I just need it to work. And that is the same approach you're taking to your emotions. And that is why there is a bunch of clutter. Poor decision-making. 
bad habits, a storage of emotional baggage. Because presently, you may only be concerned with the use of the emotions. These emotions make me feel good. These emotions make me feel bad. I try to pursue these good emotions and avoid these bad ones. And I'm here to tell you that's pretty much just like gambling. This is the root of the volatility. So we must begin to understand on a deeper level what it is that we're experiencing as it regards our emotions. And one of the best ways that I've come up to do this is with this thought experiment of asking this question, sitting with this question, do I have a thought and then an emotion or vice versa? And because the mind works so quickly, it could almost appear that you have a thought and an emotion simultaneously. They happen in such rapid succession that they appear to be nearly synonymous. But if you can quiet your mind, quiet the internal chatter, and sit and sit and listen. An answer will come back that is likely different than the knee-jerk response that you gave initially. So armed with that understanding, then what can we do? What's next? What's the big deal if I understand and know for certainty that my thoughts precede my emotions or vice versa. Well, the so what is that your life will change dramatically. How powerful could you be if you could manage your emotions consciously? That people couldn't quote unquote push your button. That you didn't have any triggers. Have you ever questioned why you have triggers? People always say this all the time. This triggers me, sensei. This triggers me. And I'm like, no, the trigger is within. That thing, that person, that situation that you're pointing to that so deeply affects your emotional state is pointing to something within. And this thought experiment will help you discover what that is. Now, if you're so stuck in the emotions and the senses, you'll say, no, I know that this makes me angry because every time I see that person or this situation arises, I get angry. When that's not happening, then I'm not angry. Right? It seems self-evident, doesn't it? But listen to that. Every time X happens, it triggers me. When you have a mind that believes it can be triggered, triggers will emerge. 
If you have a mind that believes it can be triggered, then it will be. And your emotional content will be guided by that illusion because that's what it is, is an illusion. And your mind will be so focused on a very subtle level and a not so subtle level of scanning situations to see if that trigger or triggers that you hold are present. So you meet someone new, start a new job, whatever the case may be, you're going to be looking for that trigger. Hey, what did they mean by that? Did they say that because I'm so-and-so? That I look like such-and-such? Because I'm this age, this ethnicity? I bet you that's why they said that. If you have a mind that believes it can be triggered, the triggers will emerge. And you will suffer that emotionally. So why give that amount of power over to a phenomenal experience when you can turn your focus inward and discover how it is that your emotions really arise? This is what we mean by decluttering the emotions. There's so much confusion around this. And here's the interesting thing about emotions. Unlike thoughts, as time goes on and on and on, if you look at your life, oftentimes given a particular situation, you will forget the names of the people involved. You may even forget the actual sequential unfolding of the events. But there's one thing you will never forget, and that's how you felt. You may forget all the other details, but isn't it amazing that the emotional content you don't forget? If I were to ask you right now, tell me something that you ate for dinner on Tuesday, two weeks ago. Now, unless you eat the same thing every night for dinner, you'd probably be like, I don't know, I can't remember, it was probably this or probably that. But if I were to ask you, tell me at least one horrible thing that someone said to you when you were a child, wow you would break out a list and say, which one do you want to hear? And I know this because I've asked people this question. Amazing. What did you eat last Tuesday? Don't remember. What's one thing someone said to you in your childhood that you can't forget? Oh, this. Often it's primarily mostly quote-unquote negative. But some of those things can be positive. For example, I remember my mother telling me, no matter how this world treats you, 
carry yourself like a prince. I thought, hmm, that's, you know, third grade, something like that. I don't know why she was really saying that at, the, at that time, but I grew to understand what she meant by that. And that stuck with me. That is, carry yourself with some grace and some dignity. Have your own self-respect. Don't look for that from other people. Don't look for that validation or worthiness. So I've never suffered that emotionally. Not feeling worthy, not feeling like enough. Do you know your emotions? Do you know beyond the fact that you have emotions? What their source is, how do they arise? Very important to know. You must begin this process by not looking outward, but rather inward. And I'm giving you this first level tool to begin that process. This is no light matter. This is actually really serious work. Because what you may encounter is that the ego starts to say, look, you don't have to wonder where this comes from. You've had that experience so many times. And look, doesn't that emotion show up every time? Okay, done. What's for dinner? <laughs> don't let yourself fall victim to that. Because then you just be, again, repeating a poor habit. That is, once the ego is challenged, you bow down. Something arises that says, this is not important. You don't want to go down this road. Turn around. Go back. No. You tell that resistance to step aside. And that you will have an answer to this question. And once you have this answer then you can begin to experience life in an emotionally beautiful way. And mostly, I would say, not because all of a sudden you'll start to have mostly what you would call pleasant emotions, but that you won't suffer your emotions. That's the whole purpose of this. I don't sell the happiness uh, model, and I don't sell the sadness model. I don't sell anything. What I'm trying to do is get you to understand is that emotions are going to arise in one way or another, and you're going to discover for yourself, I'm not going to tell you that this is how your emotions arise. You will discover that. And so have no fear that you will discontinue having emotions. So long as you can feel, you will. But the beauty is that you could be in a place that you don't suffer these emotions. Now, this word suffer often is 
not fully understood. And sometimes I like to say, instead of suffer, conflicts. You won't have emotional conflicts. And could you imagine a life free of emotional conflicts? What that would be for you? What that would be like? Well, I can tell you how that would be. <laughs> because it has less to do with uh, having less unpleasant emotions. But even the ones that are, quote unquote, feel good to you, you will, for the first time, fully understand bliss, fully understand love, fully understand joy. And here's why. Up until now, if you have not understood how your emotions work, then even when the good times come, the good emotions come, they're often overshadowed by something very subtle, and that is the desire, the hope, the wish that this continues. Isn't it true? And the amount of energy, thought, speech, and action that you're putting into prolonging whatever the natural life cycle is of this particularly good feeling is is energy that is part of the clutter of even a good experience. Do you understand my meaning here? To the degree that you are holding anything back in hopes of preservation or in furtherance of even a good emotion, you're missing the full value of that good experience. If you receive good news, or you are happy, or joyful, or blissful, and if you could fully be in that bliss, fully be in that joy, without wondering, hoping, maneuvering it in such a way that you could extend it, then you might be actually surprised about how good it actually feels to be joyful, to be happy in its purest form. And this is our goal, is to be able to be in a place, as I said early on, Equanimity, harmony, balanced, so that I'm free to experience all of the types of emotions that a sentient being can experience and not suffer. If you think about your own emotional content, and here's part two to the thought experiment. Remember, the first part is sit with the question of whether your emotions arise first and then a thought or vice versa. Second part of the exercise. 
Think about your emotional content. And on a typical day, and by typical I simply mean a day where you're not attending a funeral, nor are you, um, you know, picking up a million dollar check. (laughs) But a typical day in your life where there's not something quote unquote extreme happening. What emotions and what emotion do you normally feel? Think about it. Is there a particular moment that you can think of at which you're not feeling any particular emotion at all? And I'm here to tell you the answer is yes. And I'm going to press even further and say that's the majority of your emotional state. Particularly if you're not uh, in a state of volatility. Meaning that on a typical day in your life, oftentimes because of not understanding how your emotions work, you're looking for the next emotion. Think about that. Remember I mentioned the roller coaster? You're in line waiting to get on that. I need some excitement. I need some some, uh, spice. And then we go about the day looking for emotional content. Because I've asked people point blank, what emotion are you feeling right now? And instead of saying none, they start searching. And then they start to question, well, I must be feeling something right now because not to feel any emotion, uh, no emotion is not normal. That is the normal. (laughs) Your emotional content is mostly comprised of peaks and valleys, quite simply. And in your attempt to seek only peaks, you suffer that. That means that you seek only good emotions. I want perpetual happiness. And then the valleys, sadness, maybe depression, anxiety, disappointment. And life has ways of serving that up. And so really what you find is that if you can get out of the the race of trying to manage peaks and valleys and instead aim for this, what is naturally there, this equanimity, then when those peaks come, you're fully there for them. And when those valleys come, you'll be fully there for them. But in either case, you will not suffer them. You will experience them for what they are. And when they change, as all things do, as all things are impermanent, there will be no sense of loss or gain. That's equanimity. No sense of loss or gain. It's a beautiful thing. And if you can get yourself to begin to question more deeply the nature of what you experience, 
rather than that you experience it. That's just such a surface level. That's like opening up a book and looking at the table of contents and go, yeah, okay, I get the book. It's like, well, there's 300 pages in this book. You've looked at the table of content. And now you say you understand the book and what's written there. This is what we do with our emotions. We must move past this. Please reflect on this deeply. Until next time, peace and blessings.